0: we're back on Inside Black and Gold with a little longer of a break. I had to go through and hit some comments and questions. There's a few that are not so far questions, so I'm just going to kind of run through them so we can kind of get to information that people had asked about. Uh, the first one is, how is Shahid? He just got here. Or KD just got here. He's asking, how is Shahid? Rashid Shaheed was there. He was on the sideline. I, we saw most of the players that were that have been out with injuries. The only one I did not spot was Traquan Smith. He may have been there and I didn't see him. But I, like I saw Demario, I saw Andres Pete. All these guys are they're around the team, right? So if you think because they're not at practice, they're not there working, that's that's not correct. They're they're doing work. They're around the team, and they're just not getting on the field for practice. So so wait, yeah. Andres was there? Yes. yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, so that's going to be something. And Shahid is is interesting. You know, I, uh, he's a guy a lot of people are excited about. I'm excited about him. And he's dealing with that groin injury. Those, you know, soft tissue injuries are a pain in the ass. Uh, so this one's a pain in the groin. But yeah, I, I. It's not supposed to. It's not believed to be serious, but it's just. It's it is. It's frustrating, and so we'll have to see. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Demar is dealing with that calf. Andres is dealing with the quad. Kirk Merritt is dealing with the hamstring. He was there as well. So yeah, there's there's a few guys who I think you're just playing it safe with right now. And. Yeah, so I don't think we need to get too much into the weeds on that.
1: No, like you said, D.A. mentioned to us, and he's been pretty good with his injuries, maybe a little too forthcoming at times, but he did believe that none of these were going to be anything too serious. And I'm hoping that's true. And yes, them being at the game and actually visible, uh, definitely a positive. So Drew C.
0: is asking what player we're talking about. I believe he's. this is in the Smoke Monday play. It was later in the game. It was the fourth quarter, I would say. It was probably about eight minutes left. Uh, it was deep in Chiefs territory. Like They completed a pass to, I want to say, the 29-yard line, and that's where the, the quote-unquote tackle is. But the funny thing is you get credit with the tackle on that play, and it was just ugh, flashbacks. But anyway, yeah. that's, the, that's the play we're talking about. Drew, Devin Sonier also points out, you know, Smoke Monday is basically a rookie. You're not wrong. He missed the entire preseason last year. He didn't play in a preseason game. He and DeMarco Jackson, another guy I think had a pretty good day. He had a penalty early on, but I think he bounced back well. But, you know, like Smoke is basically a rookie, right? Like in terms of
1: time on on task, he's basically a rookie. So I agree with that. To to me, it was just totally a guy listen, I'm trying to give this huge highlight, hit stick kind of play, create the turnover, and, you know, have a big outing for myself kind of deal instead of just wrapping up and making the short tackle. 100%. I agree with that. Like, that's exactly what happened. Uh, You know, I'm going to make some kind of huge highlight.
0: Yeah. Don Tomasino says blitz smoke if he wants to hit. You know, we have actually seen him blitz, get, get blitzed a lot in camp. You know, he And he's good at it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that he does have some upside as a blitzing safety. Yeah. You know, so here's one. Uh, and a few people have commented this, so let's just get into it. It says Jameis definitely looked good. Jameis, I will say Jameis looked good at points. Right, that first drive when he hit A.T. Perry over the top, that was a great throw. But then, you know, one of the issues that I have with Jameis, and it's like, you know, once a team feels like they can blitz you when you have no answer for it, it's a really tough life to lead as a quarterback because, you know, you look, at, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, and one of the reasons you can't blitz him is because every time you blitz him, he will make you pay from wherever the blitz came from. He knows it's coming. He identifies it. He gets the ball out there. And I just don't see Jameis do that enough. And there's times where it's like, yeah, they're going to send him. They blitz like four times in a row. like You know the blitz is coming, and you just got to identify the hot route and get it out fast because there's no one there to cover that guy. He, that guy blitzed um so like that's what frustrates me and that's when the saints offense bogged down in the second and third quarter or on the second quarter rather because he didn't play the third quarter the second quarter was just blitz after blitz after blitz and he was getting teed off on and you know like one of the reasons he's dealing he's dealt with injuries the last couple seasons you know not necessarily 2021 but definitely last year's you know he's getting teed off on and you know you got to be better you got to protect yourself and i just you know i think Jameis did look good at points but then the blitzes came and they just i don't think he handled them very well. We asked Dennis Allen about it, and he wouldn't go in on it. Uh, He said he wanted to see the tape first. Because I think there is an element of, okay, this is on the offensive line, but it's also got to be on the guy who sets the protections. And uh, so, yeah, that's my one gripe about Jameis, and it's been the same gripe as last year, is when he gets blitzed, I don't think he handles it well.
1: The biggest positive for me in this game about Jameis was at least he looked healthy because I think we saw two or three times when he took off and scrambled, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he moved. He needs to learn how to slide. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the slide is not pretty at all. No. I was like, you're going to hurt your knee doing that. What's going on?
0: <laughs> well, it kind of a stumble. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that like, I mean, he was moving. He looks very, he looks fast, right? He, he did. He got out and scrambled a few times and he picked up serious yardage, but it was at the end. It was like, uh, I'm just going to kind of go down, <laughs> you know? It was definitely not pretty. Uh, I was like, but oh it, my God, did he really hurt himself? I, th- I think it is kind of a combination of like, okay, I need to get down, but also I don't want to sacrifice the yardage. Like you saw Pat Mahomes slide and he they didn't get the first down right because right. he slid and the, the the ball gets marked where the slide starts yeah. not where it ends and so it was a fourth and short and that's where they got stopped on fourth down so if you can say anything for the way Jameis slides it's that he's getting every ounce of that yardage uh <laughs> but it does yeah you know, it's like oh gosh <laughs> you know because eventually you're gonna get your head taken off because you don't get protected like when you go down like that right like if if a player goes to the ground with you and hits you you don't get the protections of a sliding quarterback when you kind of just stumble to the ground. So, you know, that's... I think you probably still would get the benefit of that call in some instances if someone's just trying to clean you out. But, yeah, it's... has got to be better than that. He played baseball. like He can slide. I, I don't understand it.
1: Thank you. Yes, exactly. You should be used to that. And that does not look like a baseball slide at all. <laughs> it's so
0: odd. <laughs> but, no, like I, like you said, I think it's a great point. You know, he, he's moving around really well. It was something that I don't think... You know, one of the reasons... He had tr- struggles last year early, and especially protecting himself was... He just wasn't moving as well because he had right. the brace on. He was still coming back. I think what you're seeing this year is he's very much athletically back where he needs to be. So that's a good sign for him. Speaking of another guy, so Branded says Kamara was running like he'd been shot out of a cannon. Kamara looks looks really, really fresh. You know, you're not going to see him for the first three weeks, but i I fully expect week four and beyond, you're going to see a very, very um high level version of Alvin. And we saw today, you know, that that opening drive, what was that 37 yards of it? 37 of those 80 yards, half of the yards on that drive were Alvin. And two of them were runs, two of them were catches. And, you know, I think one of the things that is very clear this year, and we saw it, is they're going to be looking to get him the ball in space. And <laughs> I don't know why they stopped. <laughs> but it's that's such a huge part of the Saints offense when it's working and uh, we saw it today and I think we're going to keep seeing it.
1: It's nice when you have like that felony uh, you know battery case no longer looming over you kind of deal and we we saw it at that press conference today when the suspension was handed down afterwards, actually. But even then, when he spoke to us, you could tell that Alvin was different coming in this to this season, just carrying the weight of that case on him, and yet d- totally looking forward to seeing Mister the Matrix back this season, putting on those moves.
0: Agreed. Demetrius Ramsey says Bobby Abar is the one that got everyone believing he's the next Breeze. He's talking about Jake Haner. That's fair, Bobby. <laughs> uh,
1: He's the like when I say pump the brakes, I'm mostly talking about Bobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't. I'll say at least Bob, Bobby's not trying to put him as the number two guy yet, though. But he has been excited no. over obviously a young quarterback that's probably been the best prospect we've seen in here for years. Bobby is a man of hyperbole, and and
0: that's fine. I, I'm all I'm for it, and we're all we're we are all part of this. Everyone who goes out <laughs> to game practice and keeps reporting about how fantastic, oh, it looks amazing. Was, and he does look really good, but I think you just have to always kind of couch it in, you know, like, be realistic about what your expectations are. Um, he looks a heck of a lot better than Ian Book did at any point. So take that for what it is.
1: Plus, there's not times that the training camp practice we're seeing Jake Hayner... Going up the first team defense. Well, I'll give that, I'll say that it wasn't the first team defense for the Chiefs either tonight, but that's that's a whole other story. Uh, Hayner, though, yes, yeah, still a promising prospect, even though a shaky preseason game, but he's a rookie. That's what we should expect.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I think it was a little fast for him early on, and you know, it'll slow down. Um, yeah. Don Tomasino says, I got to say, May looked good. I think, you know, so he's, maybe he's fully recovered from the knee. I think he did. I think Marcus May looks like a much more confident player right now excuse me than he did this time last year and so yeah he was coming back from it wasn't a knee it was an Achilles injury but yeah he he did look like he was a little tentative last year and i think it was it was partly partially just kind of getting the explosion back getting comfortable making sure he felt confident in that in that Achilles but also like learning a new defense i think as a safety it takes a little bit of time you know we saw Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins struggle as a new pairing early in that that grouping, right? Uh, I think that was the 2020 season, and they got they got much better as the season went on. In the next two years, they were fantastic, and you know the next year, the second year. Uh, but this pairing of Tyron and Marcus May, I think you know you expected it to 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 gel a little quicker than it did. But no, you I think you are seeing now like everyone's a little more comfortable in what they're being asked to do, and and Marcus May is playing a lot faster. I think.
1: Yeah, I think there was a key play on a third down where he broke up a pass, and it yeah. was like, all right, that was it was a, it was a great play, kind of deal. And like, yeah, you said you're finally seeing him not just recovered, but being fully, you know, fully uh, re- recovered, I guess you would say, and football ready, I guess, uh, not just ready injury wise, but also having put in the time and rehab to get everything strengthened and back to a hundred
0: percent. I agree with that. So we, we can go on to another player who, you know, we saw sparingly today, but Jamika Slater says Michael Thomas only played the first drive, two balls thrown his way, he caught one for 16 yards. So he's working his way back. The other one was kind of a fade in the in the end zone that was a little too high. Yeah, so Mike, you know, it's hard to gauge with Mike because Mike is always going to be elite at making catches in traffic and fighting for balls and there's a skill set there by itself that is that is valuable to this team. But I do think that he is a lot more limited at least right now than I remember him being um not necessarily last year. I think he looks a lot like he did last year, but like you're just I don't know if he has that 2019 burst in him where he's able to create separation in a phone booth. Like he's going to be a very important piece on this roster in that you need to you need a first down. You can go to him in traffic and you know that he's gonna fight and he's gonna probably make that catch. He's gonna win it a lot more often than he loses it. But I just I don't I don't know if you can trust him to create separation. And maybe you know, maybe, maybe as the season goes on, he gets a little bit looser, he gets a little bit quicker, he gets a little bit, you know, more elusive. Uh, but I it's it's tough for me to point, point to him and be like, that's the number one wide receiver on this team.
1: What's amazing, and, and- I'm I'm surprised that nobody's been blowing up who looks like has been the number one wide receiver, and Chris Olave, obviously, just one target today in that drop, and it was like, oh, come on, man!
0: Fifteen players caught passes in this game. Nothing from Olave, the guy who has been relentlessly hyped up for good reason. Absolutely, all throughout camp, did not have a catch. He did have a target. He should have caught it. He dropped it. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying like, yeah. You know, I think we all know who Chris Olave is. I'm not worried about it. But it is just kind of funny, like Adam Prentiss. Caught a ball. Jake Vargas <laughs> caught a ball. Chris
1: Olave. Nah. Yeah, uh, sh- yeah, shut out for the night. And yeah, that was obviously... You You don't want to see that either, uh, the the dropsies from him. Unfortunately, yeah, they never got another target on him again. game. But overall in training camp, he's definitely been one of the major highlights along with Marshawn. Randall Offrecht asks, who's the number two receiver on this
0: team? I He says, I wouldn't say Michael Thomas. So I guess you're indicating that Chris Olave is the number one wide receiver. I mean... I see. I guess it, it depends how you're asking. If you're talking about in terms of production, right? Then probably Jawan. In terms of I expect him to be the number two in yards and and probably touchdowns. Mike, if you're talking about in terms of first downs, probably is number one. So I don't know. I think you're talking about roles more so than you know number one, number two, number three. I think he's going to be a big contributor to this offense. He's an important piece. But if if you're looking at it and saying, wow, can he get back to that 2019 form? I just don't think so, and that's fine. You know, like there's a reason that that's the most catches in NFL history, right? Like you're you're not gonna get like he might think he's gonna get there. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But uh, I think I'm okay with where Mike is. But I think again,
1: it's like you need to be realistic about the expectations for him. Sure, and I, I do think he is the number two guy to me. He might not be ma- even. He's not gonna be number one in catches, I don't think, or yardage. But hey, man, there's a, definitely a good chance Mike T ends up being the receiving leaders in touchdowns. Definitely not yardage. I could see a scenario where he leads in catches,
0: but sure, his, his catch average is going to be lower. Like Chris Olave is probably going to average eighteen yards a catch, right? So he could catch fifty balls, and he would probably outpace Mike with seventy. But yeah, so it's it's something to watch. But uh, lame ASF says I can see Kamama Kamara catching sixty-five to seventy passes. I hope so. Um, I hope we get back to 81. I hope he catches exactly 81.
1: <laughs> now that would be something because that means then, yeah, all around he's having a great year since he was super productive. Uh, all three of those seasons, obviously. Elvish freshly <laughs> asks is, is Pete getting his job back?
0: You got to be we at Clark- work to get the job back. One thing that <laughs> Derek Carr talked about today was having his entire first team offensive line on the field. And – So I think Derek Carr sees James Hurst as his starting left guard because, you know, he was talking about how great it was and how good of a job they did. And, you know, we can talk about a position battle, but if you're not on the field to battle for it, is it really a position battle? Um, So, (laughs) no, I don't think that Pete is getting his job back. I've been kind of firm on this from the start. You know, if, if Hurst gets hurt, you know, if like he loses that job for some reason, then I think Pete is right there. But I I I I think that's James Hurst's job.
1: Yeah, the reliability that you have with Hurst and his experience to me totally trumps what you get out of Andreas Pete, who can be hurt any single minute.
0: <laughs> Rich rising asks, isn't the Super Bowl in Vegas? It is. And I think it's fate loves irony, technically. But we're good. We got that. We get it. same same. Sam Jordan says that's the goal,
1: man. Let's bring Derek back. Did you see the clip of Cam Jordan uh, like rolling up? You didn't. I I think unbelievable because if I did that, I'm definitely
0: going to the hospital. It's crazy, and and you could see. So he pointed this out. I didn't even look at it, but Colin Saunders is like doing the worm and getting up, and it's like, what is? Who are these people? I guess they are dancing pandas or whatever he called them. Yes, I love it. Um, So Ryan McGee wanted to see Foster Morrow get some passes. And Kirk Merritt at running back. Yeah, it's one of the few people who didn't, you know, get really into the action was Foster Morrow. Kirk Merritt's hurt. So, yeah, I mean, that was never going to happen. But, yeah, Foster really didn't have much of an impact
1: today. No, Foster, he might be getting ready for that uh, pool volleyball game. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got, he had to skim the pool. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So, here's one more. KD says, Turner locking down that D2 spot. I I mean, I disagree with that. I think Carl is is pretty entrenched in that role right now. Um, I think Peyton is playing well, and I think he's going to get himself sta- snaps. He's going to get on the field, and I think he's going to be productive. But I think that's very much going to be a rotation. I don't think either of them are, is going to be like, wow, okay, that's the guy at at the defensive end spot across from Cam. And I think that's okay. You don't need a guy to play 95% of the snaps. That's just Cam being a nut job <laughs> uh, and being able to do it. Uh, but I think you're very fine with... A guy like Peyton Turner getting in for fifty percent of the snaps, as long as he is productive on yes. those snaps, and for a guy who struggled to be healthy the first two years of his career, I'm okay with that. Like I, I would like to see him on the field, and then we can worry about how many snaps he's playing.
1: <laughs> to me, yeah, Turner's coming to this season knowing health has been an issue. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, even maybe his attitude or effort in the past, but he's coming fully. This season, looking a guy going, you know what? I want that number two job opposite Cam Jordan. I believe that from him right now because he's definitely been showing it. But, yeah, Grando, I love what Carl Granderson's been doing for me. That progression we've seen from him every single season, you want that out of a player. And, yeah, definitely excited to see if he can keep pushing that. But I would put Granderson still slightly ahead of Turner. But Turner is definitely right there with him.
0: Agreed. And one more comment here we'll get to and then we can wrap this up. St. John Butler's is trying not to get too excited, but this team could give us a fun season. And you know, yeah, it's it's tough because you you don't want to overreact to anything you see in the preseason. You don't, you know, the face the the offense looked fantastic on that opening drive. The defense looked fantastic on those two drives they were on the field the first team. And you know, you just kind of go with it and say, Okay, that's the first step successfully completed, right? And they're going to go from there, but you know, I I was a little worried. We would see the offense come out and just look stale. And uh, you know, that, that that's, that was the big relief for me because we've seen Derek Carr struggle. And that's why when he talked about how the, the defense knows the script, you know, that kind of crystallized it for me. Cause like, yeah, he has struggled at points. But I do think he's right. I think that's one of the reasons that there's no separation, that there's such tight windows to throw to is because the defense, when it's going against its own offense, has a little bit of a of a, of a leg up, um, especially for a quarterback who's picking it up, who's installing it all at the base level.
1: I thought it was uh, interesting, too, one day at Camp 2 afterwards, he said... Sometimes I know it might not be the most ideal situation or something, but he's like, now's the time to try things, so I'm just going to let it fly kind of deal. So I respect that too in the training camps to to realize like sometimes, all right, let me just try and make a play for the hell of it here.
0: He's okay with things not going perfectly well. And so like, yeah, like you might look at it and be like, well, okay, this ball hit the ground. It's like, yeah, but he's throwing it to see what happens, right? And, you know, I think
1: that's when you have to do that because you don't want to do that in a game. Right. I'm, I'm not going to chance it and risk the turnover here, but you know what? In practice, what the heck? Let's let it rip. Yeah, let's see what they
0: got. Let's see how Juwan Johnson reacts to this ball. Let's see how yeah. Chris Olave reacts to this ball. Can he go up and get it? I think he phrased it as asking questions. He's asking a lot of questions in practice, and he's just interested in finding out the answers. And, you know, I think we we did see him look really good today, and I, I, I don't know exactly what to expect from him this season, but today got me excited about it. You know, I, I can see – you know the optimism was was really heavy early on, and I'm I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid a little bit because I think when you see how they played today, and you see the the, the way the offense and the defense can complement each other, I mean this is the best team in the NFC South, the most well-rounded team. It's the only one with a quarterback that I feel like is is ready to win right now. It's the only one with the with e- like with like competitive offensive and defensive units right? Like the Panthers have a really good defense, I think, but their offense is questionable. They have a young quarterback. The Bucks have a good defense, I think, but their offense has Baker Mayfield. And then the Falcons, right? Like Desmond Ritter and, you know, a lot of pieces. I don't know what they're going to look like on offense. I'm sure they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, but I just don't see a ton of question marks all up and down the Saints roster right now. And that's very nice to see. And gosh, a playoff season, just a, even a 10-win season would be so fantastic. And that's why, like, you talk about trying not to get too excited. It's like, that's my bar right now. Can they get to the double-digit wins? That's, I think it's a must. I put it as a must this season for sure. But, like, that's still seven losses, right? Like, that means you won three more games than you lost, which right now sounds great. Uh, but if, like, like those breeze, those last few breeze seasons, like, 10 and 7, what happened? You know? So we've kind, of, we've kind of dropped.
1: My bar has been lowered over the last few years. From NOLA.com and the Times, Picky Yoon, uh, Jeff Duncan sent us all, you know, our, our season predictions kind of deal. And I, I said in my write-up to him, I really have a hard time going through this schedule that we've all talked about, how it looks so favorable for the Saints. Yeah, you you really go through it game by game, and you're it's hard to come up with losses. And I like that part of it, obviously, a lot. And and I got the. T- I expect there to be bumps in you know in the road along the way. But uh, to me, double digits with this schedule, with this talent, is a must. And I got them winning eleven games this season. I put it at. I put it at ten because
0: I'm just trying not to be overly you know I'm drink- like. Yeah, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Eleven and ten, it's it's right there. I, sure, I, I, but yeah, I, like it's, it is. It's hard to come up with with eight <laughs> losses. It's hard to come up with seven. But, I mean, I just think there's kind of a standard deviation there. There's injuries that are going to happen. There's going to be some struggles. But maybe – my hope is that we don't spend all year talking about Pete Carmichael. That's my
1: hope. I think we can do that. that, After that first drive, man, everything looks smooth as silk. So we love that. Let's keep that going. I agree. But, all right, let's wrap this up.
0: Thanks, everyone, for being in yours. A a lot of people, a lot of comments. had a good time. Hope you did, too. I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. Uh, my co-host as always, Steve Geller. With, you know, he he's the real trooper. I just hung out on the sideline. He hosted an entire show after the game. Uh, we've both been at this for about 14 hours now.
1: <laughs> but you know what, Jeff, <laughs> seeing all these folks hanging out with us right now is awesome. And we might have to become a late night podcast.
0: Right. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's it makes it fun because I, I know people really enjoy it and they want to talk yeah. about it. And so, like, I, I I don't mind doing it. You know, these are the these are the days I don't mind being 14-hour days, although it makes me scared about what a regular season game is going to be if these are 14-hour <laughs> days. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll make it through. Um, but, all right, the, this is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. If you haven't left us a rating on Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Feedback, I, I love it, even if it's, you know... criticism. I, I, I live on it. I need it. Tell me, tell me how much I suck, but do it, do it in a way that, that I can find out about it. Not just to your, you know, your relatives at over the dinner table, like, can you see that a hole anyway? So let's, let's do that. Um, but yeah, we'll be back this week. I'll be headed out to LA for the joint practices. I am excited about that. I'll be headed out on cooler temperatures. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm I'm so excited for, for not this, not this, anything <laughs> but this, yeah. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be out there Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday they're going to face the Chargers. So uh, I'm not sure what our schedule is going to look like from a podcast perspective, but we'll figure it out. We'll get you yeah. an episode or two. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be tougher to do the uh, the post game. So maybe maybe we'll do it on Monday because um, it's because it's a later start. I think the we'll game part- game, and then you'll be flying back, right? What is it? 8 p.m. locally. 6 p.m. I think local. Okay, so it's four PM out in LA. Let me double check right now. I think that's it's a what, six o'clock central kickoff. Then that would be four. P. Either way, it's a later start, so that's gonna make a live chat a little tougher. Um, 6 o'clock, we'll, we'll, yep. We'll figure it, we'll figure it out. But anyway, thanks everyone for listening as always. Follow me at Jeff at Jeff underscore Noak, follow Matt Steve Geller, WWL, follow the show at Saints underscore pod. Check out the latest Saints content over at WWL.com and always listen to sports talk 4 to 8 p.m monday through friday steve's on there i'm on there on fridays most weeks at least for now until the season starts and then you get to listen to mike Haas and deuce McAllister. that must be better um but check that out WWL am 870 fm 105.3 and always on the free odyssey app we're on there too so download that and subscribe to inside black gold you can do it um but all right this this out
1: has lasted way too long steve you have any parting words just want to see the saints like cam jordan always says just keep stacking those levels i love it stack let's do it saint